You're listening to Semperance Wellness, episode number 158, and today we're talking about the mind, body, and soul connection. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schirm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm so excited that you're here because this summer we're diving deep into a mindset series, releasing anxiety, healing from depression, and really just freeing ourselves from past pains and past emotions and no longer allowing that to define us. Because what I know about our health is that we live defined by what we think we are. And if I can help you create a better story about who you are and actually step into living that story, man, what things can change, right? So I'm so happy you're here. I hope you've been following along in this mindset series. If you haven't been, if you're new to Simperotes Radio, welcome. We're so glad you're here. This is just a different health spin on what most people are talking about, but it matters. Maybe even more than what we eat and how we exercise because without dealing with this stuff, we will never fully get well. So if you're new here, make sure you head back over to episode number 150 where this entire mindset series starts and start listening. That's the awesome thing about podcasts is like Netflix. You can just kind of binge past episodes and get yourself caught up. You don't have to. You can just start here, dive right in. But I do encourage you to go back because it will make more sense the more we talk about these interviews and dive into this mindset series. So some of the past episodes were... What story you tell yourself, healing the mind, um, why foods can affect our mood, all the things. And then also make sure you're checking out those Monday Motivation Podcasts. Those are designed to be 10 minutes or less and to really provide the encouragement to give you the courage to continue on in this journey. I know it's not easy and there's a lot of confusion and it doesn't always make sense. But I can assure you that if you do this work, that it will change your life. So head on over to the Monday Motivation where I give you practical steps to live a more fulfilling and satisfied and healthy life. Also, I have a free guide that goes along with all the Mindset Podcasts this summer, something I really encourage you to work through. I know it might not be easy, but it will start to get your mind walking in the right direction, in the direction of what it is you tell yourself, how to create a better story, how to find more joy and happiness in the midst of all of this, and really define what does a healthy you look like. So to get that guide, head on over to the blog at simperitswellness.com or the show notes, which is simperitswellness.com backslash 158 to get that free guide called The Joy Experiment. Just enter your name, email address, you'll get that guide, and you'll be on my email list where I'm sharing more about my journey. And trust me, this has been a journey for me. I mean, I am learning so much. I feel like I'm in the midst of just crazy growth, and I am so excited. Like, it has not been easy. I've wanted to quit a million times, but I think I'm starting to come out the other side, and I just see a little bit of light that makes it all so worth it. So I hope that encourages you. Again, if you get on my email list, you'll make sure and follow along with my story, and we can talk more intimately about this process. In the meantime, though, today we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Nicole Eunice. 
Nicole has done all the things. She used to be a fitness coach, uh, a health expert. Now she's dove into the ministry. She writes books. She speaks. She teaches the Bible. She does all the things. And I thought she would be a perfect guest to help put the pieces together of this mind-body-soul connection, which I think is so important. I mean, I think we've done a really great job of separating that, of talking just about the body and just about the mind and just about the soul. But there is something of them all coming together that works in a harmony that is like nothing else. And we have to get into that. So... This first one, we dive right in. I ask hard questions, and I hope that it's encouraging to you. I know that I left so encouraged. I'm going to be asking the hard questions, like, what is the body-mind-soul connection, and and how do we make this connection? Like, how do we actually do this, and where do we find meaning in life, and where do we even get started, right? Like, all of the things, I know it's going to dive so much deeper into that, but you're going to want to stay tuned for this interview as I am encouraged to ask the things that I want to know and questions that you have asked me as well. So let's get right to the show and welcome Nicole. Welcome to the show, Nicole. I'm excited to have you on. Thanks, Alexa. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, this is to me kind of a big topic that I'm going to just throw on you. Uh, the whole <laughs> mind-body-soul connection. Oh, which, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not a little topic to dive into, especially in the time that we have. But I really wanted to go there because I've been doing health for a long time and I just feel like there's just this big aspect missing. And if we just like put the elephant on the table, it's really the spirituality component of mm. of our lives. Yeah. And I think the more that I've been doing this, the more I've realized like I can't really help someone change their life, right? I think we all think like health at some level maybe could change our lives, but it won't without this full picture, right? Mm. And so, yeah, yeah, I have a heart for that. And so I want to dive into that and like, I I want you to like open up and what your take is on that. Okay. So obviously we just threw out four of the biggest words Mm -hmm. we could talk about, which is mind, body, health, and spirit. Um, So that's a lot. I think first (laughs) of all, um, you know, a lot of that starts with your definition of spirituality and what that means to you. And sometimes I'll say to people, you know, your spirit is the essential part of you. It's the part of you that doesn't, um, that that goes on forever. And it's the invisible part of what makes us who we are. Um, and of course you start to, you start to unravel that thread. And one of the reasons that I think people have a difficult time when they're, let's say trying to lose 20 pounds and we start talking about spirituality is that it, it can uncover all of these things that sometimes we just, we don't want to face, you know, we don't want to face the idea. Do I think that I'm essentially a biological organism that will cease to exist when I'm dead? Uh, Or do I think that there is something more, but what is that something more? And, you know, that can be a lot of exploration, but one of the things that I think that you're passionate about, Alexa, that we share is this idea that everything really is connected. Mm -hmm. And so when we, are let's say struggling with something in our health or in our wellness or our life and we want to know you know how to get that thing better we'd love for it to just be about that one thing but we're not we're not segmented people we we exist in a connected being so nothing that we can do is disconnected from other parts of our health so like for instance if i struggle with anxiety and food becomes a great coping mechanism and i try to lose 
wait. And I don't know that the powerful, op, you know, the powerful thing that's operating underneath the surface is the fact that I have deep anxiety, but I don't want to address that. Then it's going to be really hard to lose weight because something much more powerful than my desire to be healthy is at work in my in my spirit. So that to me is what the spiritual connection is, is that we are connected beings and nothing exists outside in our, in our world of our mind, our emotions, our body, and our spirit, nothing exists outside of those connections. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So why do you think we stay so surface level? I mean, I think there's an ease to it. Like, I feel like we're people who are very stuck at this top level and we feel yeah. like we can create great change there. But like, yeah, what do you I think mean, it takes to move beyond that barrier? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it takes enough pain to move beyond that barrier. I mean, I, <laughs> let me be the person to say it first, you know. Um, we don't, like, we all know and put it on T-shirts and coffee mugs that, like, growth is where, you know, growth is where it's at and there's no comfort in a growth zone. And we all say those things, but the the truth of the matter is it, it is usually pain of some kind that mm -hmm. invites us to dig deeper in our lives. And um, pain is universal to the human experience. No one is immune from it. So that can come in the form of just a sense of, you know, longings or wanderings in our heart that we don't know what to do with them. It could come from, from actual loss or grief or hurt that we've experienced. It can come from physical limitations. So we, we have these things in our life that are pain points and pain points are always opportunities to go deeper. The people that I know who live on the surface have either not faced that much pain or they've actually had so much pain that they don't, mm -hmm. they just haven't taken the rigorous journey to discover the other side of it. Maybe haven't seen that it can be beautiful on the other side of it. Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of the spirituality component comes in for me. Like having that faith and a greater hope um, yeah. can help you move through that. Because I think in some of those times and in some of those spaces, I think we've all felt hopeless in some way, especially when we've hit the bottom. Um, and we can try to mask it with all of these things. But like that idea of hope and grace coming through to help move you through those levels, at least in my own journey, has been like vital. And, yeah. And I think like in, in the books that you've written, like the, the book, She's Got Issues, I love how you talk about this reality of getting stuck on a channel. Mm. And yes. like repeating the same worries or the same the same thing over and over. Can you just break that down a little bit? Because sure, I think that's sure. so many. Yeah. Yeah. And let me back up for your listeners too and just let them know. I mean, I know you've introduced me, but obviously I'm a pastor and I work in, you know, I've but the interesting thing, Alexa, that you and I have talked about is that I was in fitness first and then I was in counseling as a counselor before I was a pastor and a yeah. writer. <laughs> so really like I've I love the business of change. I love transformation for people. So I've kind of journeyed through a couple of these different areas of life that you talk about a lot. And what I have found is that a lot of these things that are connected, they manifest in one place or another. And one of the things that we want to do that makes this whole experience a lot more hopeful is to believe that there is, there are like practical small steps that we can change that start moving us toward the future. I think one of the reasons that people get so stuck on the surface level is because they like are like, oh my gosh, if I dig into my past, if I try to deal with this stuff, I'm so fearful that my whole life's going to fall apart and I don't have the I don't have the stamina for it. I don't know that, you know, I'm, I mean, I remember seasons in my own life where I felt like I was going through a transformation and I had these deep fears, like the kind of fears that you think about in the middle of the night. Like, what if like my marriage doesn't work anymore if I change as a person. Now, mm -hmm. I have an I have an awesome husband. I have a great marriage, but 
those are real fears. You right. just you think like, well, what if like the work that I do, I don't want to do anymore? Or what if I, what if I get depressed through this process and I don't come out of it? What if I, you know, if we don't just face those things face to face, then we'll never start the journey. But I also think that even just a slight raise of our awareness on a day-to-day basis, just gently beginning to say, I'm going to be fully present with myself and look into those places and ask some of those questions. And for me and for you, um, our great hope has come from realizing I'm not going to have the answers on the inside. Actually, there is uh, a God who loves me, who created me, and he has answers for me. And I can actually look outside of myself Mm -hmm. for an understanding of the inside of myself. And this is where I think so many people have gotten stuck is believing like I can dig deep enough on the inside of myself to find something in there that's going to make all of this make meaning. And I just don't, I don't, that hasn't been my experience. Let me say it that way. In my 20 plus years of uh, fitness training, counseling office, pastor's office, it has not been my experience that people just find the good inside of themselves. Um, They begin to look outside of themselves and look for like, what is this all about? How am I connected to something bigger? And for many people in my life, that's led them to a journey of faith and wanting to explore the Christian faith and understand uh, who Jesus is and what he offers. And that's what and and then and then it comes right back in to health and mindfulness and all these things because actually Jesus taught about a very like wholehearted good way of living that I think is actually what most of us are trying to pursue. I think we're trying to pursue a life where we feel present and in the moment and yes. joyful and peaceful and that we have hope and that we feel like we have a sense of purpose. For those of you uh, of your listeners who are not. Um, walking with any faith, just FYI, despite what you may have thought or heard based on the news, what Jesus teaches is actually that kind of living, mm-hmm. a life that's free of unnecessary worry, a life that has purpose, a life that has joy and presence. And those are the kind of things I think most of us are actually trying to find. So um, I'm an easy, it's easy for me <laughs> to follow in some ways what Jesus is saying because it it aligns with all of this other stuff. So back to the point about she's got issues. You mentioned I, I have a chapter in there about anxiety and what to do with like what's normal fear and what's fear that starts to take us over. And one of the things that I think a lot of us struggle with, even if you don't have like clinical anxiety, is just kind of getting stuck on one channel in our head where we have this like repeating mantra, it's a worry, it's a concern, or it's shame or condemnation that just revisits us a lot. And in the book, I just teach the simple concept that you can't sing two songs at one time. Like if you if you have a song stuck in your head, you can't sing another song on top of a song that's stuck in your head. Your your mind can't do that. Mm-hmm. Your mind has to go sing the other song. Um, and anyone who's listening can just try it. Like if you've ever had a song stuck in your head, the way to get it out of your head is to sing a new song. Mm-hmm. And that's the technique that I employ for anxiety as well, which is like if I'm stuck on this track, how can I sing a new song? And what's some practices that I can use to have a different song to sing? Um, a lot of people that I know like, and I do too, uh, to memorize scripture for this reason, so that there's a there's a way to turn my mind to like one set of thoughts that I can just repeat to myself slowly until the song changes, like the, the radio station just changes in my head. Um, and that's just, a, that's just a simple technique is so that we're not overwhelmed by like, oh my gosh, this... I'm going to have to dig into my past and all of these things and be, be lost in this like pain. They're just small steps that we can take along the way as well. Yeah. And it's such a simple concept. I mean, 
it makes so much sense, right? Like, I think we get so lost in trying to complexify something that's so simple. I think、mm-hmm. we do this in all of life.、Um, why do we fascinate so much on the complexity of issues? Even like when we talk about faith, right? Like, it's such a simple thing that we can make become so many other things, right? And so, When we talk about this and getting stuck on that, you know, I, I think I get a lot of people who give me the question of, I get that I need to do it or change, right? Like, I, I know I need to stop my mind from focusing here, but it seems like it's a daily battle. Is、mm-hmm. this really a daily battle? Or the more do you, that you change your song, the more do you stick with a new tract? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a daily battle. Let's,、mm-hmm. let's face it, life is like, life is really hard. I, I, I want to be the first to say to people, like, life is actually pretty hard. I mean, there's some beautiful things in life, but the things that we face, and I think we don't give ourselves the, the opportunity to just allow that to be true because we know that we have blessings. So we're,、mm-hmm. you know, we are educated or we have a roof over our head or we have healthy children or whatever the thing is that you find yourself saying that you use as rationale for why you're not allowed to feel like life is hard.、Um, I would just encourage you that that's probably not working. So、um, you should probably stop doing it. What I, what I mean by that is what would it look like to embrace that life is both beautiful and hard、mm-hmm. and to say beautiful things do not mean that there are not hard things. So, I can appreciate, in fact, I think I can appreciate beautiful things even more if I allow myself to also face hard things. And hard things are like, this is a hard wor- world to raise children in.、Um, this is a hard world to be healthy in. This is a self absorbed culture that is very difficult to like not act that way. You know, some of those things are just true of all of us that we're trying to figure out.、Um, And we have a lot of fears because the world is a scary place. And the reason that I find so much hope in Jesus is because he defeated the world. And I find the world to be a big, scary place. Right. So I want that.、Um, but I do find that over time, this process of, of growing and transforming is a process.、Um, but I think that when we start that process, yes, over time, little by little, inch by inch, Um, sometimes more slowly than we can tell for ourselves, something begins to change in us as we surrender to the idea that、um, I need the wisdom、um, of a source for me, that scripture, that I need the Bible to inform my daily life. I need、um, spiritual wisdom to inform my life. Imperceptibly, almost, you can begin to change. And then you'll get five years down the road or 10 years down the road, and you'll be able to say, Wow, I am not who I once was.、Mm-hmm. And I'm not yet who I'm going to be, but I'm not who I once was. Like, there have been really good changes in my life. And that's a great, you know, practice sort of over that I've, I've invited people. I can't remember which book it's in. I think it's in Brave Enough, but the, the concept is to look over your last year and say, Have I become more or less loving in the last year? Have I become more or less flexible? Have I become more or less graceful? Like, what are, what are some of those things that you want to be as a, as a person? And taking a yearly inventory on, like, have I become these things? And if I have not, why not?、Um, and what can I do to change that? I just think that might be a, a helpful、uh, way to think about where you are in the process. Yeah. And I really want to go back to, I, I love what you said here. Like, you mentioned getting stuck in ourselves and that there's healing found outside of us. And I think that、mm-hmm. that's so true. Like, so much of the mindset and why I wanted to take it another step further than just the mind is because a lot of the mind is just constantly self reflection. Like you said, it's almost looking for that savior inside of us、mm. when really we're all human. Can you just like maybe dive down that path a little bit of, 
of looking outside. Like why just staying on the inside isn't always as healing as as we hope it would be. Mm-hmm. Well, um, gosh, that's a big question. Um, I feel like I'm really just dropping the bombs on you today. Yeah, so saying, like, are you asking the question of like, hey, are we always trying to make meaning out of the life we're in and like why that doesn't work if we don't yeah. have any outside? Yeah, I mean, I do think that we are, we're, con- we're meaning machines. I mean, I just think we were designed and wired for meaning. I wrote about this in The Struggle is Real. Like, we will interpret our lives. Like, we, we interpret mm-hmm. the memories and the, and, the, and the experiences that we've had. And we allow those experiences to shape what we believe about the world. It's what we believe about ourselves. It's what we believe about other people. It's what we believe about God or lack thereof of a God. That's how we decide what life's meaning looks like. Now, the problem with that is that we are very subjective human beings who who have been shaped powerfully, particularly in our younger years, shaped powerfully by experiences that may or may not be accurate to what all of life mm-hmm. could hold. So if that's our only source of meaning, um, I have found that to be a not not, not helpful. Like, um, there's a scripture in the prophet Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all cure who can understand it. And I think that's like a really powerful proverb really in some ways, the idea that the heart is deceitful above, like beyond all cure. Like there's no, my, my own heart deceives me sometimes. Mm -hmm. I believe one thing about myself one day and something completely opposite the next day. Mm -hmm. I, I act confident on the outside, but inside I'm like deeply insecure and don't know how to close that gap. You know, all kinds of inconsistencies are part of the human experience. And because of that, I have found for myself that I have needed and have found hope and comfort in saying, I need to look outside of myself. And I really believe that almost everyone does this, whether they do it with faith or not. They do it in their own definition of what's going to make life good. So a person, for instance, who's pursuing you know, health or wellness, they may think, well, health or wellness is what is going to make my life have meaning. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work, um, but we can continue to just chase the wind our entire lives. We can put all of that meaning into our family. Raising my children is going to make my life have meaning. Therefore, when something goes wrong with one of my children or, you know, God forbid, one of them just fails to thrive in life or whatever, I then am basing my entire identity and my meaning and existence on that other thing. And because that other thing can't handle that kind of pressure because it wasn't designed for that, everything sort of stops working. It just doesn't work. So I think the question isn't, are you finding meaning outside yourself? I think the question is, where are you finding meaning mm. outside of yourself? As Because I think we're actually all doing it, whether we mm-hmm. acknowledge it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes looking into myself is the highest meaning for me is that I'm in charge of making the meaning for myself. So it's an inherently self-centered existence. Like that—that That is one possibility in mm-hmm. the mix of all the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. And as you were talking about this, you kind of mentioned that we're we're all designed to close loops. I mean, essentially, that's what we're doing. Like you said, like from the time we were born, we're all mm-hmm. experiencing things and and we're we're filling in gaps, whether they're true or whether they're not. Um, and I think from there, there's born a lot of anxiety and worry, and we kind of wired maybe for the negative, or a lot of us are set on that negative track, like you said, that we haven't changed the positive. Mm. How do you take someone and help them to? close loops in a healthy way? 
you know, like to, to take what has been given and to actually find the hard facts or how, how do we take that? And instead of processing it in a way that is untrue, that forms these lies, like how do we start taking these thoughts and making them to be based in truth? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it depends on kind of what those things are that we believe in. And the first step is just awareness of those things. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the tricks I'll give people is, hey, if you either have a place that you feel really stuck, like you think that you want this thing, but then you keep not doing it, that's a good place to focus. Another great place to focus is any place where if you were honest with yourself, you feel like your emotional reaction to a situation, the energy of your emotions to a situation, it it outstrips the actual situation. So a great example of this is, you know, when you just go off in a rage in traffic, let's say. Like, generally speaking, I mean, sometimes, of course, but generally speaking, if I am impatient at a red light, it is not because the red light has done me wrong and it is the injustice of the red light that means that I should be this emotional about it. It usually means that something else is going on and I'm using this thing as like an outlet for that other thing. So I usually will tell clients or my right, my listeners, readers to think about those two things. Where's a place that you feel stuck where you actually believe like, I want to be different. Like, let's say it's, you know, and we're just keep using the losing weight mm-hmm. or I want to exercise. Um, that you're just, you're not doing it. Like you're saying to yourself that you want to do it, but you're not doing it. And then the second one is where's a place in my life where I did, there's, there's emotional, there's emotion coming that is outstripping the actual circumstance that I'm in. And those are two places where without any condemnation, with no judgment on yourself, you could just be curious and be like, huh, why did that happen today? Like, what was I actually thinking about? What was I actually feeling? What's been going on in my head that I'm that I'm that I'm revving around about that I maybe I'm not aware of, and that's bringing it to my awareness. Um, in the place where you want to change, where you're not able to change, it's the same thing. Hmm, what am I? What am I? What am I gaining by not changing? Like, what what's working for me that's keeping me from changing? What's possibly more powerful than me changing? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, those are some of the questions that you can ask to just start to know, okay, where would I start to experience some change just on a day-to-day basis? Where are those places that I might have lies that I'm believing, um, deeper things that are at work? Those two sort of surface things are places where we can start to dig in a little bit and know what we might believe about ourselves. You know, I was um, thinking this morning about some changes coming up in my life, and I I had a moment of solitude where it came into my awareness that I'm actually really scared to fail Mm -hmm. at certain things um, that are really important to me. And in fact, it feels easier to not try to do those things because they feel like what I would really want. It it feels easier to not really totally try because if I never really try, then I'll never really fail. Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to know that, right? (laughs) Because Now, I don't know what to do about that. I'm not I'm not saying I do, but at least I know it now. I'm like, "Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I really Again, that that sort of curious positive um coach for yourself. Like, don't judge yourself about it. Just be like, "Oh, well that makes sense, man. I mean, obviously that's a big deal then, you know? That is that is a great starting point and it's a it's a spirit of grace with yourself that you're not trying to rush it along, but you're just trying to make sure you know you're giving your your own soul time to speak to you. That's mm-hmm. the best way I could describe that is providing the space for your soul to really tell you what 
you're feeling and experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that practice of solitude, right? So hard yeah. in, in the world that we live in with constant communication <laughs> with well, everything actually, else. Well, it's, it's not, it is hard, but it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard because we don't want to do it mm -hmm. and we don't want to face it. And that's, right. again, that's mm -hmm. exactly the thing. So anyone listening, oh yeah, if you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna just going to, I'm going to carve 20 minutes a day out for myself just to be and to think. See if you'll do it. And if you don't do it, then next week you can ask yourself, why didn't I do that? Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't I do it? Was it because I wanted the quick, cheap, like thrill of another like on social media? Was it because I live with a certain level of anxiety and I needed to like, keep my body in constant motion because that helps me not have to think? Right. Was it because I'm actually pretty sad and, and need to grieve some things that just in life, like whatever that thing may be, you know, the smallest things like my kids are growing up. And, you know, that's, I can't stop that. And I'm happy. It's beautiful. But also I want to just, I have to, I'm sad about it a little bit too. Like facing why you don't do something is as important as actually doing it because you're getting a lot closer to understanding what's operating in your soul. And you may find, wow, if I can't spend 20 minutes alone by myself, maybe I do want to consider like seeking some counseling or something that will let me get started in this process if I'm not able to start it myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like all that. And going back to your counseling days, which you probably still do a lot of counseling now, um, and you've kind of mentioned this, like some questions to start, but if you have someone who sits down that just, that like just says like, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't exactly know what under the surface is, is stirring this anxiety or this worry or, you know, just this like negativity in my life. How, what, what are a few questions that you would give them or, or what starting place would you set with them? to like get this ball rolling? Well, um, when I, now I'm going to get into all my techniques, but yeah, the first thing usually a counselor asks is what, why now? Like, mm -hmm. what are you, what's, what are the precipitating factors that have made this be the time that you're finally reaching out? And that usually is really instructive what that thing yeah. is, because it takes a lot to finally admit that you want to be different or that you want to change or that you want to get help. So I usually will ask people that I'm around, you know, tell me, tell me the story of, of what brought us to this point, you know, the actual circumstances. Um, and as, as a person begins to listen to themselves, they begin to make some of the, those, their own connections. Mm -hmm. And so they realize, okay, this is the thing that got me to call you, or this is the thing that got me to make this appointment. But this is, these were the things that led up to that point. And, oh, as it turns out, yeah, I have, it's been, oh, and you know, they start to have these revelations, which is why, of course, I'm a huge fan of counseling, not because a counselor right. themselves has all this wisdom, but because there's something about being in the presence of a person who wants to listen with a really positive spirit that helps most people make the connections that they need to make. Mm -hmm. And then 30, you know, this is my favorite in counseling, 45 minutes into a, to a session, a client's like, oh my gosh. And that all started when my brother died yeah. when I was in seventh grade. And then they're like, thank you so much for your help. I'm like, oh, I, didn't do, I haven't done anything. Like you've done all of it. You, all of that was in you. You just hadn't given your soul a chance to be and to, mm. to speak and to feel heard. And many people need that out. They need that external processing. Mm-hmm in order to do that work. And that's where counseling or even a great friend can be a great starting point. But yeah, for people who are like, I don't know, I feel stuck and I don't know where to start or I feel negative and I don't know why, I would usually ask the question, well, what's making you start now? And let's talk about 
let's talk about that thing. And where, how did you get to that thing? You know, what are some of the things that have led to that thing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Usually people come to some questions. That's, that's usually the place that people come. They come to some questions. They come to a place where they're like, I, I have this thing in my life. I don't know how to fix it. I have unforgiveness in my heart and I don't know how to let it go. I am lacking like a sense of purpose and it's freaking me out, you know, like whatever they'll, they'll find the bigger thing in there. Uh, if they start that work. Yeah. It's kind of like one question leads to another one that you're, you're, yeah. you start asking yourself more. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And it gives people a good place to get started, to start looking mm -hmm. into this and to recognize that we don't have to be this way, you know, forever, that there is something so much more. And to go back to that mind, body, soul connection, do you feel like that's a one-way street? Like, do you feel like you have to fix the spirituality connection to fully fix your body? Or do you feel like it's just like kind of wherever your journey has started, that's where you begin? Well, um, you know, now we're getting into lots of sort of beliefs, but I mean, I believe that our spirit is the essential part of us. It's where our life resides in the sense of our love and our, our mm -hmm. meaningful contribution to the world and to eternity. And so for me, spiritual life, they're all connected. So they all, to me, lead to spiritual life. So if you start with spiritual life, I think there's there's positive ramifications for your mind and body and emotions. But if you start with your emotional life, I think you're going to end up at your spiritual life anyway. Right. I think that it's it's the highest governing entity of our body and our soul and our mind and our life. So because of that, all roads are going to lead there eventually. Um, what we believe is the most powerful thing about us. And so that will then impact how we live the rest of our life. Now, I do believe that our mind, our emotions, and our body will, will also tell us what our soul is feeling. Um, a perfect example of this is like burnout of any kind. Uh, about six months ago, I had just finished or was sort of mid tour of the, the struggle is real had just released. Um, my kids were, you know, I have a first kid in high school, two kids in middle, like middle school and elementary school and lot, lots of great things going on in my life. And I got shingles on mm. my face. Um, which if anyone knows, is sort of like the chicken pox virus that manifests itself, but it comes, it comes out when you're under stress that when your immune system is suppressed enough that it can, it can, you know, come into a manifestation. And, um, as a person who's been, you know, very connected to natural childbirth and personal training and counseling, I was like, my body is speaking to me. Like mm -hmm. my body wants to talk to my soul and it's manifesting itself and trying to tell me something that I've been ignoring, which is why it has to come to this point. And it was a real wake up call for me to say, wow, like I'm a connected being and this is like unhealth is going to come out in some form or another. It's going to come out in like unhealthy coping mechanisms. It's going to come out in illness. It's going to come out in stress or anxiety. And I, I need to be a per, like, I want, my soul has to listen to what the mm -hmm. rest of my body is saying because we, our body is a precious gift. Our mind is a gift. So, um, that's an example to me of how they're all connected, but they, they lead to that highest place, which is our spirit. But if our spirit is resilient and present and aware, then our body and our mind and our emotions can all help inform what's going on. When sometimes we can't, when we're confused, when we can't tell what's really going on inside of us, sometimes those other places is where that information will come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this has been such a wealth of knowledge. And I think I could talk to you all day about this stuff because it's so fascinating. Um, but I want to kind of move into some 
some final questions that I have that I really just want to give to encourage people, because I think that this is a big topic and there's lots of information out there, but it is a confusing place to be. You know, I think there's a lot of hurt and going deep is scary and it can be lonely. And I think all those lies want to remind us about how lonely this can be when in fact it doesn't have to be. So if you had to encourage someone today who is maybe struggling or um, maybe doesn't even think that they're struggling, but really just wants to take things to a new level, like what, what advice would you give them? Um, I think the most important thing you can do is be aware of yourself. Um, bring, choose awareness. So to me, that's, that means that I, I try to make sure that I'm journaling, that I have solitude in my life, that I'm, um, treating myself as kindly and compassionately as I would a best friend. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll look outside of myself and look at how a week's been or whatever and think, what would, like, what would my best friend say right now? You know, like, what is it that my soul needs to hear that I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm making space to hear? Um, I'm a very driven person, really type A. And sometimes I have to get to a day and say, this was enough for today. Like, good job for today. It's enough. And talk to, talk to myself, be able to be in a relationship with my soul so that I can live as free and full and joyful as possible without putting like unreasonable expectations on the people around me to be that source. I want to be able to ask for reasonable things from people around me that love me. But if I'm not even being reasonable with myself, then I, it's going to be hard for me to be able to express what I need to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, you kind of mentioned this in this, but what do you do for a healthy mind? Like every day, like what's your, what's your routine in that? Well, I, um, I think that this is a, a, (laughs) this question always makes me feel a little bit insecure because (laughs) I'm not a great daily person. Um, but I think maybe I'm not the only one who can't can't hold the same rhythm just because of like seasons of life as a woman. But so I try to think about weekly rhythms, like what is it that makes a healthy mindset for me in a, in a week's time? So for me, a lot of those are around um, the way that I work out, and that's really important um, to me, not not just physically, but it's the best mental and emotional like well-being thing that mm-hmm. I can do. And I would say for any listeners who've struggled with exercise before, truly, this is the be- it's the absolute best preventative medicine you can take. So sticking in there to find some something that is enjoyable for you that you do long enough that you're able to like feel those feel good hormones and endorphins Mm -hmm. um, is so worth it. So that's a big one for me. And then I try to stay in the Bible somewhere all the time. So I kind of always know where I'm reading. Um, And I am a person who leaves devotionals in every space that I may have three or four in the day. So end table, like it's at my kitchen counter. I've got one at my bedside. I just try to make sure that in an opportunity where I might find myself wanting to scroll through my phone and look at Instagram, which I do, but I I want to be in a position where I'm making really healthy choices um, with even a three or four minute block of time because over over time, like over a week, that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the little things, right? That add up to can change everything. So my last question for you is you've been in fitness, you've been in counseling and you're a pastor. Would your advice be the same for all three of those? Or do you have advice from your fitness self, from your counseling self Mm -hmm. and from your pastor self? 
Um, I actually, hmm, interesting. I've never been asked this question, Alexa. Um, I let me, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to give you like my go-tos. Okay. So for fitness, my big go-to, I already shared obviously what I feel about that, but um, I always encourage people to think about what they can add to their life first before what they subtract. Mm. And I actually do that a lot in spiritual life too. But for instance, let's say you're just beating yourself up about your diet or whatever. Think about what you could add to your diet first mm-hmm. before what you could take away. Um, just even focusing on like, I'm going to try to eat fiber and I'm going to find a way to eat. Like the the positive small changes that are about adding actually will change the way that you handle your negative food cycles as well. Um, and it's just a positive way to look at life instead of always thinking about like, I've got to lose or I've got to, I've got to, you know, it's sort of a scarcity man- mindset versus right. an abundance mindset. So for fitness, that's sort of the my was always my go-to. For counseling, my go-to question is always, are you are you willing to spend time alone? And time alone means no media, no TV, nothing in the background, no background noise. That was my number one diagnostic for how healthy a person is in their soul, is their ability to be alone with themselves and enjoy that time. So I always ask that question, like, do you spend time alone? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good start. And then for spiritual life, it's the one that I just shared. Always be somewhere in the Bible. If you don't if you don't know where to be and you don't know what to do, um, try to find something and start and be there. So choose a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just start reading and always like kind of know, okay, I'm reading John right now. So even if I fall off of it or even if, you know, I kind of lose my way, find someone, ask them questions, ask someone in your life specific questions like, can you tell me how you pray? Or can mm-hmm. you tell me how you spend time in a devotional time? Can you like... Ask people around you about their favorite spiritual books, about their practices, and you may find there's just a lot of joy and a lot of discovery there, uh, but you won't know unless you ask and you're curious about other people's life. So um, don't you don't need to know it all. You can just decide that you don't. <laughs> you don't right. know it all. You have a lot to learn, and that will give you the freedom to be a learner and be someone who's in the posture of receiving from other p- people. Uh. Such great advice. I really thank you so much, Nicole, for being here and diving deep and letting me throw all these really hard questions (laughs) on you. (laughs) You did a great job. Thank you. I didn't hold back and you were fantastic about answering them all. So thank you so much. I know that people are going to be curious about you and the books that we mentioned on the show. So can you fill us in on where we could learn more about you and what you have going on? Sure. Yeah. My my last name is unusual. It's U-N-I-C-E. It starts with a U. And if you just look for me on social media, Nicole Yunus, I have a website, NicoleUnis.com. My books are available everywhere. Books are sold. So you can check out my website, come say hi, or follow me on socials. I would love to meet you there. Um, and I'm out and about speaking a lot. And so hopefully maybe I'll be in someone's town soon. Yes. Awesome. Also, her books are fantastic. So I'll link all those up in the show notes. And yeah, check out Nicole's work. So thank you again, Nicole, for being here. I really appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. I just love this work so much. I mean, it's deep and it's hard and it's not easy, but I think you can start to see the need and what it can change in each of our lives. I just love how she kind of brought it all back to reality to say that healing doesn't happen inside of ourselves, but looking outside. And I think that's just something that the world teaches us. I mean, I didn't even put those pieces together until she said that inside the interview. But how often are we just going and taking this deep dive inward when really we need to, yes, go in, but also look outside of ourselves for healing. Like broken people can't fix themselves. We need something more. So I hope that interview was encouraging. I know I left encouraged with a lot to think about and 
I think it's worth going back and asking ourselves some of these questions. Like, where do we find meaning outside of ourselves? What am I gaining by not changing? What is working for me that I'm afraid to lose if I do change? I mean, all great questions and kind of twist this back on ourselves. Instead of setting all these big goals and aspirations, which is great, it stops and asks the question, but why aren't we doing that? Like, what what do we love so much about right here? Or what are we scared about changing and losing if we move forward? I mean, really great stuff to ponder and something that most people don't talk about. So I hope you take a few minutes and spend some time digging into those questions and really getting an understanding of, okay, why haven't I changed? What am I not making progress in? What am I scared to lose? And what do I love so much right here? So again, I hope this message was encouraging to you. I really did love that. I encourage you to check out our books. Make sure you go to the show notes, simpertswellness.com backslash 158 to get more information on today's show. I'll be jotting down a few of the questions that she asked that I hope and I encourage you to start working through as, of course, you start going through journaling. I mean, these are great points. If you checked out Monday Motivation, then you know that your homework this week or your challenge this week is to journal every single day. And it's been a few days since we started that. So if you've done it, kudos to you. If not, this is a great place to get started. Pick up a journal and a pen and start working through these questions. They don't have to be perfect answers or well-scripted, but just really dig into, okay, who am I? What do I want? Why am I here? And really drive that awareness home. That's what we're looking for, and that's where change comes from. So again, I hope that you left this encouraged. Check out the show notes, download my free guide, and come back Monday as I have another Monday motivation episode that you're going to want to stay tuned for. In the meantime, I'm just going to let this one sink in for a while. I hope that you loved it as much as I did, and I will see you back here next Monday.